Welcome to Roll with Adventure, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the power of imagination from our world to the far off world of Ebris, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters, miracles, and, of course, magic. We're delighted to bring you this adventure from our imagination to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us and this podcast, or preferably both, please visit us at RollWithAdventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Roll With Adventure's campaign of Shadows and Bliss. My name is Cass, and I am the Dungeon Master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today, our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. This episode continues on the morning of Krulum, the first of Lyonnais, in the year 1083 PR, in the small city of Dwemer Hollow where our heroes have just finished a long rest at the house on Sapphire Lane. Now, before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. I think everyone knows how to do player initiative now, so how dexterous or not have each of you been this past week? I have done something to my wrist, and I don't know what it is, but it hurts when I bend it too much up or too much down, and so I'm feeling super not dexterous, and will take a minus two. I feel I have been boring this week and have nothing exciting to share with you all, so I will take a zero. <laughs> I've been doing a bunch of creative stuff this week, so I uh, wrote a song and drew some pictures so I'm feeling pretty mentally dexterous, so I'm going to take a plus one. I mean, I think your dexterity for your drawing is totally on point. Thank you. I uh, tried to throw a slipper at my roommates uh, just a few days ago. Managed to hit a bookshelf and then hit myself instead. So I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> take a negative two. <laughs> well, let's see what your rolls do. That uh, I rolled a nine. A nine. Oh, <laughs> me too! Uh, 17, so 15. Six. I don't know what um, we do if we rolled the same number. Well, you took a penalty and I took a bonus, so I think I go before you. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, I suppose that means I'm first. Heck. Yep. Um, all right. My name is David, and I am playing the human scholar Jovan. Um, Jovan, I think we've discovered already, uh, came from the same abbey that Corey used to visit. Uh, when he actually left, it was due to losing a bet with a close friend. I'm Brian. I play Melian, a changeling barbarian, uh, but at the moment he appears to be a bearded half-elven young man with red hair, crystal blue eyes, and a scar running along his cheek from his upper lip and curving around to nick his ear. He tells people that he got that scar in a fishing accident, and then uh, refrains from explaining what that accident was, just to put the fear of fishing into people. That's excellent. Noted. Ensure there is a plot hook at some point regarding dangerous fishing. A, a plot, plot hook? hook, huh? <laughs> 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 uh, 
My name is Allie. I'm playing Quarry Anaclathi Bostuk Base, a Goliath Paladin. And Quarry found Soul when they were in prison. A fellow prisoner taught them all about Soul, and when they were released from prison, brought Quarry to the Abbey of Truce's Solace, where they spent quite a lot of time and uh, eventually converted to the religion and became a paladin. I'm Sasha. I play Felix the half-elf bard who was raised by and can speak to ghosts. Um, and one summer when she was about 10, Faelith spent uh, about two months making a living as a clam digger. She discovered a, a ghost who had spent his whole life clam digging and thought, hey, that's a good way to live. So she dug clams uh, and sold them to a nearby town where she had the absolute best clam chowder she'd ever had in her entire life and has been spending ages trying to recreate it. The problem is she doesn't know anything that went into it and isn't super great at realizing that cooking stuff involves, like, making it hot. Uh, so she's just eaten a lot of raw clams. <laughs> oh. That sounds so awful. <laughs> Poor Phelan. Well, Melian has uh, helped her with the learning how cooking involves fire stuff, uh, <laughs> but she still hasn't realized that clam chowder requires more than just hot clams. So occasionally she's had hot clams. They're not much better. <laughs> oh. oh. Okay, note to self. Need to input a NPC that teaches Faileth more about cooking at a later point in time. <laughs> <laughs> This okay. is why she loves sweets so much. <laughs> well, now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. We ended last session after you guys got back to the house on Sapphire Lane following a lovely dinner with the Lord Buchanan and his wife, the Lady Alicia, and a sojourn to a nearby guard tower, where Melian may or may not have impersonated a guard and stolen a uh, map, where other depends locations where children have gone missing. <laughs> yeah, yes, it depends it who asks whether I stole the map. If Jovan asks, then yeah, I totally stole the map. If the Paladin asks, no, 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 I went in and I very nicely asked for it, and they gave it to me. <laughs> yep. And then you guys retired back to the uh, house on Sapphire Lane, and the next morning, what are you planning to do the next morning? Quarry would really like to go to the church for morning prayers. If that doesn't eat into our timeline too much, would love to have anybody join them who would be interested in going. Yovan uh, would absolutely take along for that. Uh, Faileth is going to wake up early again because she wants to see if she can catch the magic spider in action. <laughs> so Faileth, what I'll say is you do catch the spider for a bit, but it doesn't make anything new. You sort of just see it hanging around in a corner and then you get close and then it skitters further away and then you try and follow it and it skitters further away. And, and she definitely tries talking to it for sure, but I have a feeling it's not chatty. It doesn't seem to be chatting back to you. But it almost seems like it politely stops and listens to you. Aww. Okay, she loves this spider now, and she's just gonna sit near it and just chat away and tell it, like, her whole life story. 
Oh, I love Philip. One thing I'll say that you note is that it's not necessarily billions of legs coming off of it. It's almost like a weird spider crossed with an anemone. Ooh. From the looks of it, to the way that some of these like hairs or legs or tendrils or tentacles are just sort of like swaying on its back. And she is definitely going to try to draw it again uh, in the sand with a in the dirt with a stick. It is just a blob with many legs, but she feels <laughs> like she has captured it better this time. Each time it will get better, I'm sure. Yeah, like the legs get more defined. Its blob is more specifically blob shaped. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so, I guess Faileth, you'll be awake when you see Yovin and Kwari heading have uh, come down, and they look like they're prepped for the day, and they look like they're about to head out. Good morning. Where are you two going? We are headed to the Temple of Soul to observe the Lumen. Would you like to join us, Faileth? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I might burst into flames. They have speakers there, Faileth. Others like you who speak with ghosts. Aye, but every time I get near the soul people, they try to kill me. I think that Corey might do a pretty good job of stopping that. You should have some faith in her. I do. I just don't have faith in soul. <laughs> but I suppose I'll come if you want. As long as, you know, if someone tries to string me up by the flagpole or something, you'll stop them. Only if you promise to do the same for me. <laughs> I mean, obviously. But I didn't think the soul people will try to kill you for necromancy. No, no, they have. I suppose not. It's way too early in the morning for Yovan to have any sort of snappy comeback. <laughs> <laughs> there are other temples on Temple Row, Faileth, if there is another god that you would prefer. Oh, I don't believe in gods. At least not least wise not to the worship them and they'll give me shit sort of way. No offense. Prefer pardon the profanity, uh Miss Paladin. <laughs> Fair enough. Do you think Melian would like to join us? No. <laughs> I think Melian would like to sleep. But we could go wake him up and ask him and you could watch him turn pretty hair on you. <laughs> I feel like Quarry would have made their intentions known in the evening, so would Melian have wanted to go, Brian? Oh, absolutely not. Okay. He is also cognizant of the fact that uh, he should stay as far from the site of the church as possible. Would Melian want to go if Faileth was going? Uh, he knows Faileth won't go. Okay. Uh, in that case, Quarry and Yovan and maybe Faileth go? Quarry... Do the three of you go? Yeah. Or... Yeah, okay. Um, I will take... Uh... I've forgotten the names of the dogs. Um, My I'll leash take Peeves with yeah. and Peeves. It, if you bring the dogs, she's absolutely going. Yeah, yeah, just just bring one of them. I'll bring Peeves. Um, she also decides that she should go in disguise, so she wears her fancy dress from the night before and then draws a mustache on with some paint. Phenomenal. <laughs> ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh, so good. That's not going to get some weird looks. Okay. <laughs> she is absolutely perfectly disguised as a fancy mustache lady. Fancy mustache lady. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. So you guys head out into the crisp pre-dawn air of Dwemer Hollow. Not many people are out on the streets as you make your way towards Pantheon Row. As you pass through, you you cut up from Frost Folly to Maker's March, crossing towards the city center. And as you pass through the city center, you realize that the festive decorations that have been put up for uh, the Starlight Gambit that should occur tonight look like they're almost all done. It seems like everything's set up for a night of merriment and games, of luck and chance. As I said, you don't see that many people as you continue through Old Town and reach Pantheon Row, passing by a few of the temples and shrines before you come to the Solarian. Standing before it, uh, you do see that there are quite a few people that have come to observe the Lumen. And, Faileth, you follow suit uh, in similar manner behind Kuari and Yovan as they enter the temple and take seats upon the pews. Listen, I don't want to add a moment of irreverence, but are the temples of Sol called Solariums? Oh, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> yep. Would it be unusual to bring an animal in? I don't know if peeves would be left at the door or not. Ideally, I'd want to bring him in to, you know, keep Faileth happy, but... Uh, give me a perception check. Yeah, sure. Would he have advantage given that he spent time living among... Yes. Oh, I actually... I, if I remember correct, uh, David specified that Yovan had avoided coming to this temple. So, oh, okay. So he wouldn't maybe yeah. know the local... Yeah. We're looking for if he picks up on local custom or not. Uh, so 16 minus 1, 15. It does look like there are some people that do have pets. Mm -hmm. You see a dog. You see someone that actually has a weird lizard sitting on their lap. Excellent. All right, yeah. I'll bring Peeves in then. Uh, can I? So either I'll want I'll ask for an animal handling check from you or from Faileth. Uh My animal handling is garbage. Faileth, please tell me yours is better. Uh, let's see what I got here. I haven't checked my stats in a long time. Uh, animal hand. Oh, negative one. Oh, we're on the same page. Not my thing. I have a plus one, one, but I'm lucky? not really doing the dog thing. So, can we both uh, try? Can <laughs> we provide can one of us help the other? <laughs> Give me a D twenty. Oh, if you no. get ten or higher, then I'll let you give advantage to Faileth. Uh, no, that's a six. Okay, <laughs> Faileth. Sadly, you do not have advantage on this check. Uh, I rolled a 10, so that is 10 minus 1, that is 9. Okay. Um, Peeves is a bit rambunctious. He's not barking, though. And so long as you keep giving him a lot of attention, you probably will be able to keep him from overreacting. Dog is much more exciting than God. 
<laughs> now, as dawn approaches, uh, you see around the temple uh, various surf reflective surfaces slowly being uncovered, where they previously were covered by sheets of cloth. You watch as initiates and priests of soul speak murmured prayers as they uncover these, almost looking like a array of mirrors, perhaps to bounce the light to spread it further here. And as the first rays of dawn breach and enter into the temple, the array and layout of the mirrors becomes very clear, for with that first ray, the room seems to brighten infinitely more than it had previously. It is almost as bright as what you'd expect mid-morning, or full, even a bit after, like a, a few hours after dawn. And with that, the Deacon of Soul begins a sermon. His sermon waxes on for a time, and as it does, can I have some perception checks for each of you? I rolled a nat 20, which, I mean, I'm in my place. Uh, I feel like I should have disadvantage. A 21. I rolled a 7. It is way too early in the morning for Yovan to be paying attention to things. <laughs> He's just zoning out on the, the prayer itself. Uh, I have a 10. Okay. So, Faileth, you're rather distracted by Peeves. And Yovan, you're, it's really, really early in the morning. And you're also distracted by Peeves. Just like constantly looking to make sure that Faileth hasn't disappeared with the dog or is controlling the dog, isn't doing wise. something that is, like, <laughs> heretical. <laughs> yeah, hasn't pulled out her skull and is communing with the dead. <laughs> That's a good question. How many dead people are in here? There's a couple. The feeling you have here is that this is hallowed ground, but it's only pushing out dead that are bad? Cool. You're not getting even a, a hint of any kind of malice. Kawari, mm -hmm. on the other hand, while you're intently trying to listen to this sermon, uh, you do hear a little bit of chatter in the background from a, from a few people, and you hear a rumor Ooh. that violent crime has increased in the city. Especially ever since at that merchant in Dockside started selling weapons and armor for cheap. Mm. Now there's bands of people that are calling themselves adventurers, but they're just <laughs> common thugs and thieves. That rumor is quickly shushed by one of the passing priests, as the sermon continues. And you pick up another one. The magistrate is sick. He's apparently very, very sick. Oh, he hasn't been seen outside his estate for months, and almost every temple has sent priests to cure his ailment. He hasn't improved. Huh. It's not good. Sometimes it just be what it be. Perhaps. There's a follow-up comment to that one about how clearly uh, he does not walk in the light of soul. It's, it's a rather divisive comment, actually. And... As if picking up on that comment, the sermon begins to take a bit of a turn. 
We are all the children of soul, blessed and embraced by his pure light. We are united. But you may ask, what of those who do not follow soul's teachings? What of those who follow another divine? So I ask you, my children, does not your neighbor walk beneath the light of soul, though they may not observe the lumen? Is not the soldier who venerates the scourge and protects us guided by soul's light? Do the dreamer's children not walk through the rays of soul's light in the day, or beneath the castings of his moon? I am troubled, my children. I have heard whispers of division, whispers that threaten to drive us from the light of soul and into the darkness of hate. Each mother, each father, each child and babe serve a purpose in this world, a purpose beneath soul's light that is woven by the triadrian. But they are placed before each of us to fulfill their purpose. Each of you, in living within soul's light, touch the lives around you. Perhaps a simple word of encouragement or admonishment will lead your fellow brethren to their purpose. Is it not soul's will that we help to guide those who cannot see? So why would we be divided? Why would we push our fellow away? Is not an elf crafted by Cain's hand equal to a dwarf born of Morgan's forge? Is not a human touched by soul's fire, not the same as the soul small folk blessed by luck? We are united, though we have our differences. We must remain united. Differences are important, my children. Differences lead to growth, to perspective. Imagine that each person, each single person, is a sunrise in your life. In meeting them, the sun that is them rises and illuminates your world. It basks you in its glow, just as soul basks all of us in his divine radiance. The sharing of their perspectives, of their teachings, of their differences with us. By doing that, our own light, our own sunrise grows. Some people may only touch your life for a moment. But it is important to embrace them in that moment, to see the entirety of them, to not push them away, or to sow dissent. Others will remain in your life beyond that initial meeting, perhaps as friend, or family, acquaintance, or enemy. They were placed there for a reason. I implore you, trust in soul. Trust in his light, and trust in the light and differences that others bring to your world. I implore you, my children. And the sermon continues. It continues on a similar vein, speaking of unity. And as it closes to an end with a prayer to soul, it seals with a prayer for the queen. 
Queen Rosetta Marcanalia III of Westmark. Long may she reign beneath the light of soul. And the lumen has been observed. Quarry would probably sit for a few moments just in quiet reflection on the sermon. Um, would say a brief prayer to soul and then would probably approach the deacon to thank them for their wisdom. The deacon uh, has standing, he's, he's standing and just he's shaking people's hands and he's touching them and letting them speak to him. It seems some people were moved. Other people became quiet and left quite quickly following the sermon. Anybody really noticeably so? Maybe some... Maybe there were some near the back that went quick. You notice. You, your eyes were forward. Okay. Jovan, Faleth, uh, what are you going to do while Quarry approaches the deacon? I was very bored and probably a bit disruptive with the dog and Jovan might have had to shush me a few times. I was likely shushing um, Faleth uh, and also just doing quiet prayers of his own. He's got a bit of a backlog to work through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the two of you, can I have another set of perception checks to see if you guys pick up on any interesting rumors being talked about? Uh, <laughs> oh, that's better. Four. 19. Ah, Faileth. You uh, pick up on hearing two people talking about... It's a bit of a... Uh, it, it's an older lady that's talking to, an, to another lady that's a bit younger. Uh, and the older lady uh, is saying that... Is asking if she's heard anything from her family in Barrowman's. Because she hasn't heard anything for the past few weeks. And she's been send receiving and sending letters to her sister who lives in Barrowman's for the past 40 years. And if, and f she worries that she's dead. But the other lady actually says that they haven't received any news from Barrowman's either for the past few weeks. And Do I know where Barrowman's is? It's to the east of Dwemer Hollow. Is that where they think Alice Deucalion went? Or am I thinking of a different location? That is where it was referenced. So one of the missing kids may have disappeared from there? Or I think they, that what you guys heard was that the child was assumed to have run away and her father was in Barrowman's. Oh, right. So... I th had we thought about going to check to see... No, didn't the town guard check to see if she was there? Because there was a search for her, wasn't there? There was a search party, but it didn't go all the way to Barrowman's. Oh, seems lazy. Reoccurring theme with the guard? I mean, I guess maybe we should check to see if that girl is there, or if she's one of the disappearances in our web. Mm -hmm. I thought they had sent word that she definitely wasn't there. 
I remember correct, you guys only really picked up rumor in relation to that one. You didn't follow up on investigating it. So, it's entirely possible that she's there. Okay. Uh, but Faileth, you also pick up that apparently there have been an increase in act in criminal activity, not just inside the city, but outside the city as well. Apparently, the caravanners are intending to petition or have already petitioned the city council uh, because there's bandits that are attacking them. And so the roads haven't actually been that safe. Well, that doesn't bode well. No. No. Man, it's such a waste giving Faileth rumors. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Will she mention them? Well, maybe. If someone else brings up something that makes her think of it. <laughs> and with that, uh, sorry, uh, Jovan, but you're too busy praying and trying to make sure Faileth doesn't like it break a mirror or knock over something. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, don't want any dog slobber in the hymn books. That generally reflects poorly. <laughs> and Quarry, you approach the deacon. Is there a... Do you just call them deacon? Do you call them your divine holy light of something? Do they have a title? Back at the Abbey, you would have just called Mother Superior or Father. Mm -hmm. Here, he refers to anyone as his children. Good. Quarry will make a, an assumption. Father, I would like to thank you for the sermon that you gave today. It was an illumination. To thank you, my child. I am glad that you found comfort in its words. I have not seen you here before. No, I'm recently arrived in the town and I... This is the first opportunity I have had to come and observe the Lumen at the temple. I have been... Oh, where do you hail from? The Abbey of Truce's Solace. Ah, to the south? Yes. Near Adenon? Yes. Ah, I had a friend there once. At the Abbey? Yes, yes. Perhaps I know them. A paladin named Stefan. Indeed. Stefan was my mentor. Truly? Ah such a small world. <laughs> As I said in my sermon, everyone is placed in, in their path. Everyone has a purpose. Yes. Yes, that is very true. I feel that. I hoped to speak with you and I know now is not the time, but I and my companions are looking into the disappearances of the children and have discovered some unsettling things that I wished to discuss with it is most frightful, the disappearances of the children. Yeah. That they happen under the dark of night can only mean that it is most assuredly not part or will of soul. Ah, but here, in the shadow of the mount, great darkness is drawn always. Is it? Are these disappearances not uncommon, or are there other dark incident. There are many local legends. The fact that this city is built on the ruins of cities before it, and that this land has been stained in blood so many times, is most certainly ill tidings. 
Rocks. Is the city built on Ilfarin ruins? I do not know. Hmm. But I do know that this city has been built on a city that once lain here before it. Sometimes when houses are being constructed or buildings, they will find bones and apertures and entryways to the depths below. Such hmm. a place always has its secrets and its darkness. For without darkness, we would not be able to see Soul's radiance. Yeah. So clearly. Of course. I don't wish to keep you from the other parishioners, but uh, perhaps sometime we could speak. Of course, my child. Please, come again. I certainly will. Thank you, Father. He nods his head and, like, puts a hand out in sort of like a you-may-go motion, and then turns to another parishioner. Cory will go sit back with Jovan and Faileth and quietly wait for Jovan to be finished his prayers. And probably try to keep an eye on Phelis so that Jovan can concentrate on his prayers a bit more. Uh, after Jovan finishes, there's nothing really else he came here to do. So, um, probably be heading back to the house, possibly making a stop at, um, I don't know. Uh, I think we discussed renting a carriage or horses, but I'm not actually sure where in Dormerhall would do that. We don't have to worry about the details for for that. Okay, yeah. Uh, just you can just you can find horses. Are you renting them for the day, or do you want to buy them? Renting them. We do not have the money to buy them. Horses okay. are expensive. We can square up on the amounts later. Doesn't matter. You have money from you were given some money from the Lord Buchanan that will at least be able to cover it and probably more. If they're asking two hundred gold to rent horses for a day, yeah, I kind of want to know now. Quarry was hoping some of that money could go towards the weapon that they want from Alan. <laughs> Wasn't Alan going to give it to us for free once we uh, got him the ingredients? Oh, no, I think he said that we could discuss a deal. Mm. Cass is which... I think you just have different understandings of it. Oh, good. I'll have to listen to the episode again. <laughs> <laughs> That's cheating. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was two days for you, Owen. It has been uh, a couple months now for me. <laughs> Very true. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you're also listening to the bloopers at the end of the episodes. Oh, they've been great. Phenomenal. Heading back to the house off our lane, um, stopping on the way to um, pick up transportation. I like, imagine like two riding horses and a draft horse for quarry. Um, get some food and make our, head out on our way. Sounds like a plan. You can probably get the horses for, like, five gold each? Maybe less? Yeah. I'll need to look. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. Because generally, in the long run, buying a horse is better than renting. But you also don't have a stable relief for the horse, so... No, for the horse to stay... Are you sure the magic house wouldn't make us a stable if we came home with horses? I really don't want to test that theory. (laughs) (laughs) The spider anemone will make them for us Uh, Wait, how does Faileth know that an enemy is? They were a clam digger She she was a clam digger Yeah, that would do it (laughs) 
She was a clam digger, which then (laughs) suddenly opened up the ability to describe things as uh, oceanic, based off ocean counterparts. (laughs) She befriended. She befriended. I mean, clearly, she befriended a dead marine biologist. (laughs) That's also how she knows what killer whales are. (laughs) Personal headcanon is that um, like like she talks about killer whales, but she's not talking about orcas. Just saw like a mutated shark or something one time. Like, oh, it's sort of like a whale, but it murders things. That's a killer whale. Yeah. Easy. Whales that kill things. Yeah. What? What else is there? Cannon. <laughs> so, uh, I, I okay. went off on a tangent. You'll grab two horses, two riding horses, and like a a bigger draft horse. Yeah. Okay. Um, just so that Corey doesn't crush some poor horse's spine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You grab horses and you head back to the house on Sapphire Lane. Because you have to go pick up Melian. Or are you leaving? And should I say Brian doesn't have to be here for this session? No, no, no. We're, we're, we're taking Melian along. I'll probably take both the dogs too. I, I suppose we haven't actually left them out of the house for like two days, and that's probably an irresponsible thing to do. So we'll take them on a, on a hike. Yay, I, just, I just presumed you had a person who like came and walked them for you. I suppose like the only person that would really come by would be um, Marion, and we have him um, currently spying on ships. Sometimes you'd come home to them just like running laps in the courtyard. <laughs> no idea how the door got opened. <laughs> yeah. Usually you'd search the house very thoroughly after that. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that sounds all on, rather on point. You come back to the house on Sapphire Lane. Can I please have a D, a flat D20, and then can I have a perception check from Melian? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not doing the flat D20. Uh, somebody else Actually, can. Actually, I would like I've... you to do the flat D20. <laughs> no. I've rolled like a four or six and a six. Don't do this, guys. Now is the time for the good roll. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, got... fantastic roll. I got a nine. Uh... <laughs> I mean, you're headed uh, up. Yeah. 18 on the uh, perception check. So, Melian, you were jolted awake by almost what felt like a mini earthquake? Hmm. Uh, in which case, Melian will very quickly roll out of the bed that he's in and under it because he's been in enough earth-shaking events to know what the protocol is. And then if there are no aftershocks, then he'll he'll get out. And start there are no aftershocks, and weirdly, the, like, the vase on the table or, or on, like, the nightstand, none of the stuff moved or got knocked down. Hmm. Alright, well then, Melian will go downstairs to see if anybody else felt it. You come and, downstairs. And to get breakfast, obviously. Yeah, you come downstairs, and looking around, the kitchen almost looks a little different. The layout seems slightly different of the kitchen than what it was previously, but it. I don't know how particular you're. or how perceptive, like. How focused Melian would be or concerned? Uh, Melian will just assume that since he doesn't spend a lot of time indoors anymore, that he just misremembered it. And that he, or, or he's just, like, associated with a different place that he, did, he had been. Uh, but regardless, he doesn't think anything of it. 
So uh, you were having some breakfast. Uh, on the other hand, those of you that were approaching the house, you come to the outside of the, fr- the front of the house. Mm-hmm. Is someone going to go in and get Melian? Melian! Melian will come out with like a whatever, whatever a handful of whatever it was he was eating. Melian, we went to church and then we got horses. And I didn't burst into flames and no one tried to kill me. I Corey very much smiles. like your disguise, Faleth. Thank you. I feel like I really blended in. I thought you might be proud of my disguise. I learned it from you. We we may want to have a discussion about appropriate uses of makeup, but otherwise, you have done very well. Should I have done my eyeshadow too? Do you think that would have helped? Uh, no, but most uh, most your age would not sport a quite such a lustrous mustache. That's why it's a disguise. I look older. Ah, but you see, the key to a good disguise is to deflect attention away from yourself, not attract it. Hmm. I keep that in mind. I see you have already acquired horses. Yeah, I said that. We've got a, a ways to go today. I wasn't eager to do it on foot. Not if I wanted to make it no, back indeed. the same day. Indeed. I've never ridden one of those before. Been told that it's fairly easy. <laughs> They're just like, hold on. Oh, yeah, they do all the walking. Um, yeah, Yovan's going to go in and get uh, my liege and also um, drag his old pack from under his bed. Um, and then head back outside. After... Uh, Yovan goes into the house. Can I have a perception check from Kawari and Faileth? I rolled a nat 20 on my perception again. Nice. So both of you sort of your eye wandering and then they both sort of focus on something a bit to the right of the steps up to the door. There's another door. Like, that wasn't there before. Looks like it was part of our house door. Looks like somebody has a shop next door door. Looks like another door door. Part of your house door. Quarry goes Ooh. and tries the door. Um, there is a... Yovin, it is spider locked. made a new door. Oh, it's locked. <gasps> we have a key. Somebody has a key. Doesn't somebody have a key? Yovin is already running outside of the key. Like... <laughs> Sadly, Jovan, the key that you found in the room, uh, the key that was labeled study, does not work on this door. But the front uh, door key does. Oh. He's uh, it almost disappointed. Be, uh, it appears to be a... The door is rather tall, and it is rather wide. Uh, and looking at it, um, this may or may not be the reason that Melian felt a minor earthquake. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, it goes in a... It appears to be a corridor that goes into a... That opens up into a brightly lit area. Yovan will cautiously move forward through it. Uh, you eventually come to your uh, courtyard, which now has a small stable attached to it. Ooh. And Yovan <laughs> just looks defeated. Just worn out. Just leaves. <laughs> Exits the house. Locks up behind him. Did we get to see it? 
Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're wandering through to see what the, the fuss was about, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's very convenient. What a accommodating house. It seems well-intentioned. That's mm. nifty. It's a nice little spider. Your friend has been busy, Faileth. It's funny, he didn't do nothing while I was watching him this morning. I hmm. guess he did it after we left. Maybe he has performance anxiety. Faileth, now oh? that you see where the stable has come up, you realize that that was where the spider was spending a lot of his time throughout the night. As if he was oh. tracing where it was going to go. Ah, see, yeah. He just didn't want to do it while I was watching. Hmm. Yovan just quietly mutters under breath, gonna have to redraw everything. <laughs> and with that, uh, you guys will mount your horses, and you will head out of Dwemer Hollow. You will head to Woldengate, and head out to the south of Dwemer Hollow, towards Marsh Cidery. Outside Dwemer Hollow, to the south, not far from the city, begins rows of farms and orchards. The weather this fine morning has not turned to rain, though the sky is considerably overcast, and the wind coming down from the north cuts a biting chill. As you pass by these orchards, the rows of trees, you note that some have turned yellow and orange, leaves falling brown, while others have entirely lost their leaves already. Autumn will draw to a close within a few short months. And with that will come the howling of winter. Hmm. Oh, I'm not Allie, I'm Kawari, and Allie cares about the winter, but Kawari does not. Philip just doesn't want to lose more toes. Hmm, that's fair. You've lost toes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was my fun fact last week, is that uh, Faileth didn't know how to make shelter for herself her first winter as an orphan, and uh, lost one of her toes to frostbite. Oh, I mean, that makes sense. I, I, re I vaguely remember that now. But listen, if I had to track all the weird things you tell us about <laughs> Faileth... I mean, that's fair. Don't worry. That won't come back to haunt you if a doppelganger ever copies her. Nope, for sure. That won't be the only detail that they got wrong. Well, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't need I don't need any of them to be around for me to figure out what they look like because I can just also be a doppelganger and then be like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that will crop up at some point. <laughs> the doppelganger that's wearing all rainbows and munching on fruit with seeds in it. <laughs> I was just going to say we're lucky it's not raining because there's no risk of rainbow. Yep. Don't worry. Rainbow will clearly happen after you guys have done something fantastic and then Faileth will just flee screaming. <laughs> yep. But why? <laughs> As you continue to the south, uh, the a small river uh, running by the the right of the road. You continue down the lane 
that Yovan thinks goes towards the marsh sakari. You continue. An hour goes by. You've seen a couple smaller farms with their smaller orchards. Likely... Melian... Sorry, Melian on the march has mastered the art of uh, dozing while he rides, so he'll, like, rest his chin gently on top of Phala's head and then just sort of... And every time she starts to fall off, he just wakes up long enough to plonk her back into the seat and then dozes off again. Exactly. So while you're dozing on and off back and forth, (laughs) can I have a flat d20 from someone in the party? I think if it's flat, it's a d2 cast. Oof. (laughs) (gasps) (gasps) Disadvantage! (laughs) (laughs) Only if Brian rolls. No, uh, just a d20, please. Oh, I rolled a two. We oh. are going to be attacked by bandits. I'm really <laughs> sorry, everybody. What are you talking about? That sounds amazing. <laughs> we may be accosted by bandits, but uh, if, if things go the way, I think they might. We won't be attacked by them. <laughs> you come to a fork in the road. Don't do this to my cats. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Fork to the road. There's a fork in the road. And where there should be a sign, it clearly has been hacked just uh, quietly having a minds and worry moment. I have no memory of this place. <laughs> <laughs> Will you take the left-hand path or the right-hand path? Oh, no. Mm, okay, how far away was the winery? Or the cidery? The cidery, to your knowledge, six miles from Dwemer Hollow is when you should hit the edge of the lands. And... It takes approximate. It, it's generally about three miles per hour if you're going at a a light, like if you're going at a slower pace. A trot, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we are roughly uh, an hour away. Maybe a bit faster, like because you have horses. Uh, might be about okay. an hour away. Might be less. Okay. So if we make the wrong choice, we will end up just burning two hours, which is probably fine. The oven's not going to lose any sleep over that. Um, I don't suppose the top of the sign's anywhere nearby if it's been chopped off. Would you like to search? I would love to search. Please give me an investigation check. 11 plus 5, 16. So to give you a bit more of a description of this area... You have come to a a fork in the road where the path to the left splits away from going by the uh, small river or stream, while the path to the right continues to hug along the edge of it. It's a, a decent grove of trees sort of popped up in this area. It doesn't seem like there's any direct field adjacent to it. And as you sort of look around, you realize that it doesn't look like it was actually chopped off. Looks like it might have been maybe torn off or knocked over. That seems unusual. 
And it's nowhere nearby. As you continue to search, you eventually do find it. It looks like it's been chewed on. What? Mmm, delicious sign. I would, um... <laughs> That's bizarre. I'd, I'd bring this to the attention of uh, the rest of it. Uh, is it just me, or does this sign look like it's being uh, gnawed on? Let me test it, and I bite the sign. Oh, no. <laughs> is it wood? Yes, it's wood. Though there's a, a slight acrid taste to where you bit. Oh, that's gross. Huh. <laughs> this wood tastes funny. Uh, Faileth, Faileth, uh perhaps refrain from putting uh, wood that may have been chewed on by a beast in your mouth. Uh, other beasts tend to uh, excrete in these areas. I just wanted to know if it was something tasty, that's why it ate it, but I don't think so, unless there's a beast that eats wood. So either this was a beast that eats wood, or it's a beast that's trying not to get people to get where they're going, or it's just a complete coincidence, and I just put something gross in my mouth. Faileth, have you not heard of the mighty beaver? They do eat wood, and they, they have giant front teeth. They don't eat it, they just chew it oh. to make their dams. So I have told you the story of the mighty beaver. Yeah. Of course, the beavers that Melian are talking about are from the, across the northern reach and are about the size of a large draft horse. Oof. That was terrifying. I've always wanted to ride one. <laughs> are uh, my liege or peeve acting up at all? Give me an animal handle. Give me, uh, give me an insight check. Hmm. I mean, they're basically the same here. Oh, that's actually not 20. Okay. Me and the dogs um, are in sync, 100%. How you found the sign mm -hmm. is because you got Peeves to, like, smell the where the break was, and then Peeves sort of actually ran off and just found it. Okay. But Peeves didn't pick it up to put it in his mouth. Okay. And so it wasn't him that chewed on it. Yeah. And so only my liege will turn into a monster. sort of seems to be, like, looking around furtively, and his ears are back. Okay. I'm gonna bring the sign back and see if I can figure out which way it was oriented, uh, presumably towards the people coming down the, the fort, and figure out which way we need to go. If the sign's still legible. It looks like you should go left. Alright, um... Alright, so... Looks like we're heading left. Uh, but we'll leave this for the guard to fix, so... Remind me to make a note when we head back in. And, uh, ears up. Whatever nod on that sign, assuming it wasn't a beaver. Uh, I would hate for it to catch us by surprise. And he'll hop back on his horse. You continue. You come to some nice, sturdy wooden walls that look like they've been put up around orchards. Did we end up following the road that was along the river, or the one that diverged away? The one that diverged away. Okay. So, Corey, you were the one that were, was keen to, to meet the fellow. Yes. Um, to be honest, I can't tell you all that much about him. Uh, he's, well, his sons and daughter. Two sons and a daughter? I want to say it's two sons and a daughter. Uh, own the uh, three of the more prominent alehouses in town. He's done mm. quite well for himself. Uh, they are well regarded within the city. Uh, but uh, anything beyond that, it's a mystery to me. I don't know that I necessarily have any specific questions for him or 
anything of that nature. I more want to see with my own eyes that there is nothing nefarious that keeps him from the city. That seems more than reasonable. Should we come up with um, some excuse why we're visiting, though? I yes, I think that would be an excellent idea. Hardly would go over well for me to say, I just wanted to make sure you're not cursed. He turned towards Melian and Faileth. Uh, any ideas? Uh, Where are we going? We're going to meet the, a fellow that owns a, a number of wine houses in the city. A prominent noble. Cideries. Cideries. And he is not a noble. Merchant. Merchant. A prominent merchant. Oh, I like apple cider. You hear the locals Again, say he makes some of the best. A, as a landowner, are you not entitled to harass local merchants? What? Not that I'm aware of. Request aid in your perhaps the taxes on your house from your local perhaps not local but your elder I do not know the term no, no, I, I think I think I understand where you're coming from Melian. Um, yeah, we, we, we can work on something on those lines and, and he'll kick the horse in towards the the homestead you're probably riding for another 20 minutes just along this road with orchards passing by on either side. It seems that it's a mixture of apple and pear trees. The pear trees seemingly mostly having already lost all their leaves while the apples, the leaves, some of them still cling. And as you continue, can I have a single perception check for the group. I have a plus one. I'm sure there must be someone who's better at it than me. I also have a plus one. It's not me, I have a zero. Uh, Just to inform you, the highest your group, someone in your group has, is plus one. Well, okay then. Yeah, I have a negative one. So, do you want to do it, or shall I? I... Hmm. (laughs) Would you like to do it, Sasha? Sasha? Um, Would you like to do it, Sasha? I mean, from a character standpoint, it might be more helpful if Quarry does it. But it could be a lot funnier <laughs> if Faileth does it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, in that case... Not I too. feel like Faileth should definitely do it. I mean, okay. it's going to be a lot more entertaining if Faileth does it. But it would be way better for the, for the campaign if Quarry I'm sure it. that we have totally dealt with the two that I rolled, and nothing else bad is going to happen other than that signpost thing. Okay. So go right ahead. Besides well, I got sleeping. a 17. Ooh. Fela, you note that as you're going along, there's a slight scent to the air. It's a bit different. It's a bit off, almost. And you realize that it's the smell of some of the fruit apparently rotting. These orchards don't look like they... Here, it looks unlike on the outskirt. It doesn't look like they've actually been harvested. That is not good. Though nobody notices, but... <laughs> yep. Hmm. I didn't know that's how you made cider. How's that, Faileth? Letting the fruit ferment. Is that how you make cider? Yes, you you, you, you pick it, you uh, juice it, you allow the... You package the juices, the the juices ferment, I believe is how it works, Yovan. Oh, roughly along those, those lines. You learn something new every day. I suppose that... Yeah, makes sense. Just taking a step out. All right. Taking a step out? Mm-hmm. Uh, which step was that? The pivot. Are you speaking to... Uh, Yovan, just... 
just leave them on the ground and they ferment and then you don't have to do all the work part. You just come and collect the cider puddles. <laughs> That's so adorable. Jovan will, will look around and, and does he note that there's rotten yep. fruit? Once it's raised to your attention, any of you can notice it. Hmm. Well, that's not right. This does not bode well. This is a successful business operation, is it not? It is. And one where the three casks are still operating at, for what I'm aware, full tilt in the city. They wouldn't are they not making cider puddles? I'm afraid not, Faelith. Hmm. Something you don't think right the here. monster that ate the sign came in here and ate his hands or something, so he can't pick the fruit? Well, I expect he has several people to pick the fruit for him, but that's an interesting oh. idea if there's a monster in this area. Maybe the monster ate their hands. Well, I look forward to questioning the uh, owner. Clear that something is amiss. As you continue uh, keeping an eye out on that, you note that after a few minutes, and like, there's a divide between a bit of between the orchards, and the next ones have been picked. Hmm. Afraid of something close to the walls? Or perhaps they were picking the fruit and then something occurred to prevent them from continuing the harvest. Losing your hands will do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think uh, Jovan would slow down. Um, I don't know if anyone else would. No. I'm just letting my horse follow everybody else, though. While I doze. <laughs> Still. As you continue, you see a large building slowly coming into view and ahead of you. The wooden fence on either side of the road ends to uh, allow entrance into the orchards to either side. And there is another fence in front of you. A large wood and stone building with a slate roof sits before you. To the left, what appears to be perhaps a small stable, and in the middle of the front area, a nicely sized well. To the left and right, there also appear to be smaller garden beds. They look like they may have, perhaps in other seasons, held herbs. And you distinctly feel as if you are being watched. Hmm. Yovan will uh, dismount and approach the front of the building. The double doors are closed. I'll give it a fairly sharp knock. The door opens and you see a, a man's face looking out at you. What do you want? Hello, my name Cider. is Yoga. <laughs> Hush, Felix. And these are my companions. Well, he asked what I wanted. <laughs> That's what I want. He's speaking to Yovan at the moment. He didn't say that. And we're hoping to meet the uh, meet the owner of the three finest alehouses in all of Dumber Hollow. Ah, uh, you want to speak to Old Marsh? Hi. They want to speak to Old Marsh, boys. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> Ooh, is Quarry's... Old Marsh's ghost around? <laughs> Quarry's danger sense begins tingling. Faileth, are you looking for ghosts? Mm-hmm. There is a older woman's ghost uh, standing 
not that far away from you, and she is looking like she's she's actually almost materialized beside you, and you for you didn't notice, but it almost looked like she was trying to have Yovan stop and not go to the door. I look at her. Are you Marsh? You get the distinct impression that she has some possible relation to him, but is a female. Did they kill him? She gives a slight shake to her head, but now we'll switch back to Yovan over at the front door. <laughs> they wanted to talk to Marsh! And Yovan, out from beside the guy, uh, you see a crossbow with a bolt already drawn pushed right up against your chest. So. He's going to, to raise his hands up into the air. <laughs> Real quiet. Um, what can he see through the crack in the door, if anything? It looks like it goes into sort of an entry hall. There's a large fire a bit near the back that you can hear crackling, and you can see that there are a couple guys in the dark, illuminated by the fire, that have weapons drawn and seem to be heading in the direction of the door. These look like burly, muscular men. There's tattoos covering a couple. Some are wavy lines, other concentric circles and knots. These look like a very rough bunch. I think you may have found some bandits. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so we yeah. just mounted from our horses, right? At least Yovan did. Yeah, I, I hadn't, but uh, as soon as Yovan puts his hands in the air, Melian knows there's something wrong. And so he'll just slide very gently off his horse and, and sort of, like, shake his shield loose, pull out his longsword, and just look limber and ready to go. Quarry will get off their horse as well. Yovan's going to use his mage hand to very quietly try to lift the bolt out of the crossbow. Well, making it very clear his hands are nowhere near. Um, <laughs> so as to try to draw their eye away from it. Can you give me a sleight of hand check and I'll do it versus his perception? I'm quite good at those. Oh, he yeah. is very focused on this scrawny, scholarly, thin individual that has come to his door that looks like he's going to be ripe for the picking. Uh, 24. Oh yeah, he, he does not notice as you pull the bolt out and probably like are now just holding the bolt under the crossbow out of sight. <laughs> yeah, that seems a reasonable place for it. He's going to uh, after he's clear make a, a slow step backwards away from the door. So you're backing up. He's pushing his crossbow forward. He steps out and you see two other men coming out. They've got swords drawn. So... You came to talk to old Marsh. Sorry, bud, but he ain't home exactly. And he's got this wicked grin on his face. Friend Yovan, I presume this is not how house guards would behave. No, it seems like um, someone else has taken up residence. If he is not at home, where would we find him? I Corey want information ever... before I kill them. Corey ever focused on the thing that we're definitely doing. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, strike me blind if it ain't one of them tall people. <laughs> yes, They're I called am. paladins, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Can you guys all roll initiative? <laughs> oh, no. Used up all my good rolls. Uh, that's a five. Uh, ten. Twenty-two. Twenty. So we've got Melian, then Phaleth, Yovan, and Quarry. And there's some bandits in there. <laughs> but there aren't any bandits between Melian and Phaleth. <laughs> so as Melian insults this bandit, who was thinking himself rather clever, with your insult, he goes to fire his crossbow and realizes that there's no bolt when... Yovan doesn't fall back dead. Oh, good work, Yovan. And with that, Melian, let's have your turn. Uh, alright. Uh, Melian will uh, scamper up and just run the, the bandit with the crossbow through. He is practically defenseless. That's a 16 to hit. That hits. Uh, then he will take six points of slashing damage. I guess in this instance, piercing. But Longsword apparently has... Just slash him. I can't just stab him. Should I roll for the dogs as well? Are you going to have them gain the combat? Uh, if out of character, I'd rather not know. Yeah, so let's just say that they're they're guard dogs, but they're not necessarily trained for like yelling and telling them to get that person. Fair enough. Cool, cool, cool. Let's go with something like that. Um, they're they have taken up over by growling over by Phaelon. Okay. I'll say that. I'll, it might have them trip someone if they or nip at someone if they try and run out to attack you guys outside. Melian, your blade cuts out. It slices across his chest. It does a, actually a, a significant gash onto him and he sort of stumbles back. Recognition and realization in his eyes that... Maybe there's a they're a bit cockier than they should have been. And with that, Flith, it is your turn. You have a um, ghost that is standing next to you, or at least quite nearby. And there is three uh, bandits up by the front doors. May I speak to the ghost as a free action? Sure. So long as it's not a soliloquy. No. <laughs> I'm just going to ask her two questions. Mm -hmm. Did they kill you? I. She. So you don't even need to ask that. She looks like she's been dead for quite a while. Okay. Uh, and then I will. She looks ask like her grave question. has been very well maintained, but that she's been dead for quite a while. Okay. The man, Old Marsh, is that his name? Whatever. The one we were talking about earlier. Is he... Does he need us to help him? Is he in there? Did they kidnap him or something? You hear a female voice break in your mind. It sort of sounds... Like what you'd almost expect the wind moving through an orchard to sound like on a nice summer's day. Sadik most assuredly needs your help. But he's not here anymore. They took him. But my son is in there. 
Really? And if no uh. one can get medicine to him, and he'll die soon, I can feel him coming closer. Oh, that's no good. Right, I guess we're gonna beat up these guys then. And I am going to... <clears throat> Let's see. Oh, I'm gonna cast Phantasmal Force. Ooh. I haven't gotten to use this one yet. May I attempt to do something cool for flavor? Of course. The bandit that is closest to us, can I try to conjure just a hint of one of his ghosts so that I can make my phantasmal force take the form of somebody that is close to him? If I'm correct, with phantasmal force, doesn't it sort of like make something that they would fear anyway? Um, if you're using not necessarily or is that a higher level it does cause damage uh i craft an illusion that takes root in the mind of a creature uh intelligence save uh it doesn't say anything about it being uh it does say that it will rationalize any illogical outcome like it will assume it's real even if it couldn't possibly be real but it doesn't necessarily say that they are afraid of them Okay, so let's say that you can, let's theme this self going forward that anytime that you summon a phantasmal force that you're specifically using against an intelligent person, you're pulling up someone that they've either wronged in their past or they've killed. Excellent. Or possibly their mother, who would be (laughs) disappointed in them and the direction they've taken their lives. Um, yeah, that's entirely <laughs> possible, that. too. Uh, <laughs> are you going to do this on the one that Melian attacked? And yes. Cut? Or are you going to do this on one of the other two that have shown up? No, up I'm, I'm going to uh, throw this at Melian's guy. Okay. So, I think I have to have him make an intelligence saving throw. And while I have him make an intelligence saving throw, why don't you describe who comes back to haunt him? As Faileth pulls on the ghosts of this uh, nameless bandit's past, a form takes shape in front of him. An older woman with her hair pulled back into a severe and a scowl on her face as she puts her hands on her ample hips and says, Oh, I'm so disappointed in you! You had so much promise. I thought you were going to make something of yourself and look at you now. Um, and he's going to take, he needs to do a uh, intelligent, no, what's He the... has failed his intelligence saving throw. Excellent. He's going to take a D6 of psychic damage and he fully believes beyond, despite all evidence to the contrary, that this is absolutely 100% real. Uh, and he takes six psychic damage. He pales. This look just comes onto his face. And he goes, Mummy? And then <laughs> dies of a heart attack. Oh no. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think you would come out anything. Your brother was always better than you. Oof. Uh, he just, he just Salted drops. Loops. <laughs> Excellent. And the figment that you created flickers and it vanishes. No one else could see it, if I remember correct. Um, I do think that is right. 
<laughs> so it just oh, looks like Melian killed him. Yeah, so so like the Melian's slash cuts across him, and he he touches his hand to his bloody chest, and then he looks, and it's no one would have seen where he was looking, but it was slightly behind Melian. As his eyes went wide, and he paled, and he went, <laughs> "Mummy," and then just clutched his chest and fell to the ground <laughs> dead. <laughs> I've never had that effect on a foe before. Are you my mummy? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're going to come to the bandits that are on either side. They look a bit spooked, but there's still more of them than there are of you. One bandit that's a bit further back is actually going to grab his friend, because he doesn't know he's dead, and is going to start pu and pull him back into the uh, house. And that's going to be his action. And the next bandit, this is going to be one that's standing to the right of you, Melian, is going to strike out with his short sword at you. Does a 16 hit? Sure doesn't. Then he will not be successful. The other one that came out on the other side of the guy of the mummy death is going to lunge for the much weaker looking Yofen. And I'm assuming a seven doesn't hit you, Yofen. <laughs> no. <laughs> and with that, we are two Yofen's turn. Alright. Yofens are probably on the horse at this point. That's fine. Um Disarming. Uh, is that I don't know if I'm misremembering from 3.5 or this is 5th ed, where I make an attack versus their either athletics or acrobatics check. Ooh, ooh, hold on. Yep. Um, the Dungeon Master's Guide, page 271, there's an officially suggested contest for disarm attempts. Which I think is an attack contested by either strength athletics or dexterity acrobatics. And if the attacker succeeds, the individual then the attacker succeeds, then you disarm, but you cause no damage. And if the con if the other individual succeeds, they just don't lose their weapon. Yes, and the attacker has disadvantage on its attack roll if the target is holding an item with two or more hands. Alright, so... Don't know why they'd have more hands. No, there, Maybe there monsters. Are, there are some things that have four arms. Maybe six. I mean, I have four arms. <laughs> oh, damn it. Um, Alright. <laughs> so the one closest to me, is he... Uh, what is he wielding? A short sword. I'm assuming one-handed? Yep. Alright, I'm going to try to... Um, remove his short sword. Uh, so let's get a... What weapon are you attacking with for the disarm attempt? So I'll draw the dagger with object interaction um, and try to disarm his short sword. Uh, I rolled a 17 plus 5, so 22. You succeed in disarming him. Alright. He just drops it. Uh, I stab right uh, above the, the hilt of the weapon up against his arm, pull and twist so it tumbles to the ground, and then with the bonus action I'll have the mage hand pick it up and just bring it 20 feet the up. The mage hand is just going to like scuttle it away. Yeah, just 20 feet up in the air for now. Um, I might grab it later. They're using magic, boys! 
Why is everyone always so surprised that magic is a thing? I'm not so common down these parts, Faileth. <laughs> and with that, a couple bolts are going to come sizzling out the door towards you guys. It looks like some of the bandits deeper into the house have set up a bit of a barricade. The first bandit, a bolt is going to fly out, and it doesn't matter who that's targeting, that won't hit anyone. <laughs> um, the second bandit is going to fly, send a bolt flying out. Based off of how you guys are standing in a raid near the front door, I'm going to eat most of these bolts. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do a one through four is Yovan, and a five or six is it goes and hits Melian instead. Really? I mean, I feel like I would look like more of a threat than Mel than uh, Yovan, because if I get into that house, like, these guys are all dead. Ah, but you always geek the wizard. <laughs> <laughs> well, Melian, this one is going to try and attack you. So, All right. oh, we're fine with that. Uh, that is a 15, so that won't hit you. Uh, and this is the third one. That one is a 17. Does that hit you? Sure doesn't. Okay. That one is a dirty 20, so that one I think So, I'm going hit to use you. warning, um, and I'm going to spend my reaction and a trick point to give him uh, plus three to his AC. Well, then it won't hit me. Uh, so, as the bolt swings by, it just swipes right past, uh, or I, I can see it coming out the door, and I'm only able to dodge out of the way, and I turn around and I yell out to, to Melian. So, watch out, another one coming! And all the bolts have zinged out into the courtyard beyond you. The horses look like they are spooked. Is someone going to attempt to control them? Or are they going to run? Quarry, it is your turn. Oh. Quarry is, <laughs> is still by the horses. Quarry does not want to spend their turn calming the horses. But, that said, if it looks like they are spooked and about to bolt, they will unfortunately turn their attention to the horses. Do paladins have, like, an aura of courage or something? <laughs> nope. Please give me an animal handling check. Can I make a stirring speech? No, I don't have that sheet. <laughs> um, oh, I, I... Okay, this is my third nat 20 of the game. So Somebody is cheating over there. <laughs> clearly. I would take a picture of it, but I could so easily fudge that. Hey, Allie, I'm in the market for some dice. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a 21. You are able to calm the horses around you. Am I able to use my, I don't know, movement slash bonus action to, like, tie their reins together so they can't all run away, or tie, sure. throw their reins over a tree branch? Well, well, a short sword just skittered towards you. You could probably stab that into the ground and tie their reins to the hand to the hilt. Did it, or is it 20 feet in the air? If it looked like Quarry needed it, and the GM says it's kosher, I could have happily dropped it down by Quarry. How about you tie them to the... You said there's a fence? So there's a fence, but it's a bit farther back from where oh. you guys are. How about you're over by the well? And okay. so you tie it to the, like, 
cover, like the, the posts that support oh, the cover yeah. for the well. Yes, I do that. And you're able to tie the horses up. Unless something goes really badly wrong, they probably won't flee. Oh, good. I guess that is the end of my turn. And with that, another bandit is going to attempt to make an attack. Melian, it's your turn. <laughs> there's still one... I guess there's two of them still up out here, right? Yes, one of them doesn't there's... have a weapon? Yeah, one that doesn't have a weapon and one that does have a weapon. Alright, I had the one, one that... I have for the one that has a weapon. That is the one closest to you anyway. Excellent. Uh, and then I uh, hit him with my... with his, I can. I don't have to be enraged, I don't think, to make a reckless attack. No, uh, you do not have to be enraged. You just have awesome. to opt to make a reckless attack. I do because it. Because I, I reckless you attack get advantage, it. but they get advantage against you. A dirty 20. Oh, that hits. But only for two damage, unfortunately. I strike him with the flat of the blade, and I say, You're a cowardly sort, and you should run while you can. There's more of us than there are of you! And... It's about quality, not quantity. And as you say that, it is Faileth's turn. Alright, I am gonna start by rolling on my spirits table here and seeing what sort of ghosty I can call to my aid. I got a three, which is friends. I recite a tale of friends found each other in the afterlife. The target and another creature of its choice can see within five feet of it regains hit points. Equal to a roll of my bardic inspiration dice plus my charisma modifier. What kind of friends is is the spirit? Uh, Faileth pulls forth the spirit of a young boy uh, and his little sister. They used to live here and play in the apple trees and uh, probably died very close in age even though somehow both of them died at the same time, having thought that her as children. Their house burned down. They were trapped inside. It was very sad. But they died. Oh, okay. They died holding each other's hands, and so even in death, they are still connected. Okay, that went dark really fast. Okay, at, at least now I know that uh, the marsh cidery is built on a previous uh, manor or estate that uh, burned down. Um, yes, taking noted. two small children with it, but they are connected in death. Isn't that delightful? Um. <laughs> yes. Okay. That helps very slightly. Mm -hmm. Is anybody hurt yet? Nope. Nope. Okay. I'm gonna hold on to that then. <clears throat> and how many of these bandits can I see? You say there were two uh, still out see... here, and you can, from your perspective, you can see two, but you have seen more crossbow bolts whizzing right. out from inside. If I move closer, will I be able to see them from inside? Quite possibly. You'd okay. need to go... You just would really need to go, like, up the steps. But you will then also be much more visible to them and much closer to the danger. Yeah, she doesn't care about that. Uh, <laughs> Phelis is going to scamper forward and run up the steps and peek inside. Can I see more of them? 
you can see a man that is pulling another man that looks pretty similar to him, maybe a, maybe a brother, back. And there is a long trail of blood, and that's the guy that said mommy. And then you can see that he's pulling him back, them, him back towards like some furniture that's been turned over, and there's a couple guys that are behind it with crossbows uh, that look like they're in the process of reloading. Okay, I'm going to target three of the alive ones, and they need to make charisma saving throws. So the first one is a six. The second one is a six. Mm-hmm. The third one is a six. They all fail. Hooray. What? This... <laughs> Switching dice. Uh, Faileth peeks her little pale face in and points a little finger at them. And something of the darkness and the spirits that she's seen is suddenly reflected in her innocent little face. Her eyes glow darkly. And she says, You all shouldn't have come here. Um, and they, I cast Bane on them. They now must roll a d4 and subtract that number rolled from attack rolls or saving throws. Okay. So did you target three of the ones that had cross, that were reloading <clears throat> crossbows? Yes. Or did you target the one that was... Or did you include the, the one that was dragging the body back No, I don't that? care about him. Kay. I just went for the crossbow ones. Okay. <laughs> Not that Cass really needs help rolling poorly for these poor bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but maybe this is going to be the difference. <laughs> and with that, it is the bandit that is dragging his brother's body back. Or at oh. least... <laughs> It is his turn, and Faileth is going to see him drag his brother back and gets him behind, and she hears, No. You have to be okay. You have to be okay. Your mother thinks you're better than him. And this look, like, as he realizes that his brother is actually dead, is going to come over his face as he looks up at you with just, like, hate in his eyes. And he is going to grab the crossbow from his companion. He's just going to level it at you and try to shoot you in anger. Good luck, because you won't need it because I'm easy to hit. Oh, that's a 15. Oh, hey, my AC's 14, so yes, he totally hits me. I've used up my reaction this turn, unfortunately. That is... I know, it's the next round, because I'm top of the rotation. It is the next round. Oh, does that reset uh, per round or on my turn? But I think it resets on your turn. Elsewise, you get two reactions every round, effectively. One for after your turn and one... Oh, no, no, one. I suppose it would still be one. Yeah, if it's on my turn, then I don't have it yet. Back yet. I'm fairly confident it's on your turn when it comes around. Yeah, it refreshes at the start of your turn. There you go. He is going to level his crossbow in rage, and the bolt is going to sing out the hatred that his brother has just died and this child is mocking him and his brother's death uh faileth a crossbow bolt is gonna just lodge itself in your shoulder for six damage ouch just wait or i'll make your mother kill you too jesus christ (laughs) get her boys she's a witch I mean, is that a step up from Necromancer? I don't know. 
It's not the first time she's been called a witch. And with that, uh, the guy that doesn't have his sword is going to... He's going to lunge at Jovan. He is going to attack you, and I think he's going to try and wrest your dagger from you. Oh, that's it's going to be. He's going to try and disarm you back. All right. That is a 19. Oh, yeah, no, that's a 4. He, he now has a dagger. Oh, no. <laughs> I think I won in this trade, to be fair. Um, except that he can probably use a dagger a lot better than he can use a short sword. But that's fine. So he... This is going to be his whole turn, but he's going to wrest the dagger from you. And he's got this wicked look in his eyes now. Because he's got the upper hand, from his perspective. These poor idiots. And with that, Jovan, it's your turn. <laughs> Please steal the dagger back from him. I, I'm, I'm tempted, I'm tempted. I think I need to actually be wielding a weapon to do it. Uh, at least in order to get my proficiency bonus. But I don't have anything that I'm actually proficient with anymore. I don't... I'll actually... Give me half a second check if scholars are actually proficient with short swords. Ah, oh, they absolutely are not. Okay, that's fine. Um, at this point, I think the correct answer is to disengage. Um, so I'm going to uh, disengage and back off towards the horses. Um, Does anybody else hear like a... My like roommates a are cooking in the background. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, they're, they're frying something. So um, anyway, I'm... I'm just going to back off towards the, the horse um, and pull um, my, my crossbow out of the saddlebags. And I'll have my hand drop the sword on the roof, the short sword. Sounds good. Okay, so your hand drops the short sword on the roof. I assume that your hand, like, sets it down so that it's not going to, like, bounce and fall. Uh, I had the image of, like, landing and, like, stabbing into the roof, but probably placing it down is going to be a bit safer. It will place it down and then Hansler is just staying up there until you tell it to do something. And with that, we now move on to a whole bunch of bandits that have been baned. And I think this is lucky because at this point, Faelith is probably... Dead? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no, but you've just been hit and... Oh, you're... I'm definitely a target. Yeah. You're definitely a target. That's okay, I died yesterday. We can die again today. <laughs> She's died before. So that first one is a 13. Does not hit! Because of your bane. Otherwise, <laughs> it would have hit. <laughs> I knew it was worth it. That second one... Oh, that second one, that, that, that's, that's a poor number. That, that second one, his crossbow, the, you hear the, like, the tension string, or the some mechanism in it just breaks he can't use it anymore and the last one his it's gonna his bolt flies and it's actually just gonna level itself into the door frame above above you faileth faileth cackles and goes you'll call yourselves bowman <laughs> i should call all your mums up to give y'all a talking to you do not have any idea what you're doing for clarity's sake, can Melian see Faileth? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. I'm not inside the house, I'm just peeking in through the door. Yeah, she's pretty much standing menacingly, like, maybe five, ten feet away from you, Melian, while you're fighting someone. I admit that I'm kind of picturing her, like, Peter Pan in the doorway, like, ha oh, Absolutely. 
in her green dress with her painted on mustache. Oh god. Oh. You never removed it. No, we didn't we didn't go inside. And no shoes, of course, because shoes are abominations. Oh my god, you are Peter Pan. Yes, yes I am. That's amazing. This bolt probably was intended for Faelith is gonna actually uh, head in your direction, Melian. <laughs> Even with advantage, they didn't hit you. So the bolt is going to like zing out and you sort of cut it down out, or like deflect it off with your sword mm. with a flourish. And with that, Quarry, it is your turn. Oh, excellent. How close am I to the one fighting Yovan? You mean the one that's fighting the space Yovan used to be in? Yes. Less than 30 feet. Oh, excellent. I would like to move up to that space and engage that fellow. This guy has a dagger, and he looks triumphant, like he's going to chase after Yovan and stab him a lot. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. Where his sleeves are pulled up, you can see a lot of tattoos on him, mm -hmm. and he looks quite burly. Okay. Have, do I recognize any of the tattoos? You definitely have seen soldiers with them before. Okay. Melian, you would also recognize these tattoos as generally like ones that you'd see soldiers getting. These look like... And these guys, despite the fact that they're ruffians of some kind, they do seem to have some training in the background. <laughs> Doesn't seem like you're just your run-of-the-mill bandit. Interesting. So, Quarry, what are you going to do to this poor sot? Well, first of all, I am going to cast Hunter's Mark. And then I am going to swing with my halberd. And he's the he's the one that answered the door, right? No, the one that answered the door is dead. Okay, well, in any case, I will say, what have you done with Marsh? And that is a 15. That hits. Excellent. They're wearing ratty leather armor. Ah, I see. It seems like it's seen better days but is being maintained. Nice. That is going to be 17 damage. Please describe how you kill this individual. <laughs> oh, rats! I was hoping he'd answered my question. I was a little oh. overzealous, I suppose. I mean, you can just declare that it's not lethal, can't you? Can I do that? Yes, you could, if you would like to just knock him unconscious instead. Okay, let's then say that as I brought my halberd down, I brought sort of like the flat down on the top of his head and his knees just buckle and like his knees hit the ground and then he kind of face plants forward. Okay, so you have an unconscious bandit. Excellent. In front of you. I've just made this all so much more complicated because I have no idea what we're going to do with him after we finish questioning him, but... That's a problem we bring for it back to the guards later. Oh, that's true. Good if idea. I remember correct, you had another stop that you wanted to do after here. We'll tie this guy up and then pick him up on the way back. No way that could possibly go wrong. Nope. No. We tie him up and throw him over the back of the horse. And I mean, let's survive this fight before okay, we... Uh... Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Because I don't know how Hunter's Mark generally would interact with this, because Hunter's Mark only has the, if the target drops to zero hit points before the spell ends, you get to move it. I'm going to say that when you knock him unconscious, it counts as him dropping to zero hit points for oh, the purposes of being able to move Hunter's Mark. I hadn't thought about that. Thank you. You're very kind and benevolent. And 
And with that, you apparently just dropped one of them. You hear, like, a gasp in the back uh, as they're <laughs> reassessing, and... The big one just took out Joe with one hit! It's really too bad it's too late for these guys. Like, I love this late rally of their smarts, but it's they already shot Phelan. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they should have known better. Jovan inside the doorway is dramatically counting on his fingers. <laughs> oh, you shouldn't have done that. They're like, shouldn't have done what? And My with that... My brother's gonna kill you. Kawari, what is your AC? Are they attacking me from in front, front. or behind? Uh, it's 18. Okay. This is an 18, so it will hit you. Oh, dear. As a crossbow bolt will sizzle and will zing through the air towards you. You will take eight piercing damage. Oof. Okay. With that, it is the top of the round. I would have given you a shout there, uh, Quarry, except that uh, Fela still has her face in the door. So. That's totally fine. I'm okay. With a roar, <laughs> Melian turns into a glimmering white lion. Uh, by raising a bit off the ground, uh, light shines out from inside him. All his hair bleaches quickly and then spurts. And not, again, not a not a like lion, but like a lion person. Um, he gets about another foot taller, uh, about half a foot broader, um, and then drops back down with a deafening roar. And then turns from the guy he's fighting because he doesn't care about that guy anymore, and just makes his way inside the house as quickly as is inhumanly possible. Yay, Malian! As you do this, can you give me an intimidation check? I just want to see if the guy that you're not disengaging from combat with is going to strike at you or is too taken aback by this process. It's a 17. Oh, he is a 7. Uh, he is most assuredly taken aback by this process of sudden transformation and like pretty much like backs away and I, he might run. <laughs> I mean, he should. That is probably his wisest course of action at this point. So I move inside, and then I'll engage whoever is the closest to the door. But Melian is obviously inarticulate now, so he's just roaring uh, inarticulately at these um, at these bandits. Uh, so there's about uh, <laughs> about ten, fifteen feet in. There's some um, furniture that's. Uh, dropped onto its side and sort of pushed together in a bit of a barricade. And there are six, uh, seven bandits on the other side of it with crossbows out that are looking rather terrified. <laughs> I will go over that barricade to be among the crossbowmen. And I will, I'm willing to make the acrobatics or jump check or whatever. Give me an acrobatics check or give me an athletics check. Your choice. Uh, I chose acrobatics, and I rolled a, nine, a 16 plus 3 for a 19. Oh yeah, you, like, just sinuously, like a cat, like, like, like the white lion you are right now, just bound over and in your primal rage. And yeah. you've got one right in your sights. Well then I... I will recklessly attack him, uh, which will be a 18 to hit him. That will hit. <laughs> uh, I believe, because I'm raging, I get to add 
plus two. Plus two to my damage roll. Yeah. This yes. one. <laughs> so this is, will be a five. Five damage? Yeah. Five damage. Slashing from my... I presume I still have my longsword, then. Yeah. We flavor you as transforming into your... Uh, as adding in the feline features from the transformation when you go into your rage, but your statistics don't change. So. They do not, no. Can you roll me a d4 just to decide which one you're hitting? If you're hitting one of the ones that has yep. a, has Bane on them, or if you're hitting one that doesn't. I rolled the number know. one. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You bring your blade down across him, and he, like, freaks. He's got a giant cat? <laughs> Thing with weapons that's now suddenly in their midst attacking them, and Faileth, it is your turn. Faileth is going to clap with glee when she <laughs> sees her best boy Melian do pretty hair, and she's going to turn uh, to the guy that he attacked and go, Aye, how you like that, you big arse waffle! And cast Vicious Mockery on him. Can I get a wisdom save from the arse waffle? Oh, that is a natural one. He takes, well, just the one point of damage. <laughs> but the important thing is that he now has disadvantage on his next attack. And he knows he's an arse waffle. He knows he's an arse waffle and that my big brother is going to... Hilariously, he's baned. Yep. <laughs> he has disadvantage. Yep. And he has ancestral protectors now. In, in... Oh, yeah, this guy's he's disadvantaged. <laughs> So, he has disadvantage on trying to attack anyone other than Melian. He has disadvantage attacking Melian now. <laughs> and minus four. <laughs> Up to four. This guy's gonna die. <laughs> this, this guy is so not in a good spot. Nope. nope. And no one's really taken any significant damage except me, right? And it's not significant on me. Technically, Cory took eight damage. Yeah. Cory, you want some healing? No, no, I'm good for now. Doing okay. I'm going to save it mostly for when two of us are hurt, because whoever I heal can then choose to heal someone else. Oh, cool. When I use my, my new little friend's trick. One of the bandits, the one that shot Faileth, yeah, she made it clear that she's the one I responsible mean, of course for killing, gonna, his, killing her. I threatened to let have his mother kill him, too. Like, of course he's going to attack me. Faileth, that is a 19 to hit you. Yep, totally hits me. It's okay, Quarry can do some healing, we're okay. I don't even think the plus three would make a difference there. As soon as Melian sees someone else shoot Faileth, the cat head whips around and locks on, like laser tracking, to that person. He hits for max damage. <laughs> so he's <laughs> he, he's gonna hit you with uh, nine piercing damage. Ow! Will you stop that? That's not nice! <laughs> Appreciate that Faileth has two crossbow bolts going through her and her response is, Oh, that's inconvenient. The <laughs> handle, Fletcher! Ooh! <laughs> ah, son of a bitch, me arms! I'm, I'm gonna make... I'm gonna string you up, you little witch! And then... I'm, I'm gonna... I'd like to see you try, you fudge jockey! I am very much enjoying this guy who is so single-minded that a giant lion person showed up in the room and he's like, nah, that little girl's gonna go. That little girl's going down. He must have really liked his brother. Who knows why? He was a little arse licker. 
The one that was by the front door that Melian was originally attacking is just going to turn tail and flee. He's going to dash. He dashes up along the side of the house and looks like he's trying, like, that he's going to run off up into the fields. The next guy in the initiative order is unconscious. So it is Jovan's turn. All right. uh, Philip with the dagger is still going about and being menacing, yes? Oh, no. He got knocked unconscious. Oh, that's right. Okay, so there's no one actually outside anymore. Except for the one that's running away. Uh, he's he's a ways away, unfortunately. I would think your hand crossbow, you would still be within range, if I remember correct. Oh, I could peg him, but he hasn't. Uh, oh, did did Melian hit him before he Melian did hit him. Oh, well, in that case, I can shoot him twice. Um, so I'm going to uh, <laughs> pop a shot into the back of him, and then I'm going to, with my bonus action, do it again. <laughs> nice. Um... So that's a 15 and a 16. Those will both hit. Um, oh, I suppose I have to roll damage on that, don't I? Uh, I don't have damage to Give me just a half moment. It's been, it's been 10 sessions. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, that's going to be 6 damage all total. Uh, for both attacks? Uh, rolled a 2 and a 3, and I don't believe I can add... A, do you add dexterity to... Yep, damage for it's a ranged weapon. Oh, well, in case, that's going to be 12 then. Uh, yes, please describe how this guy dies. Yeah, there's no way I can justify it being non-lethal with two crossbow bolts in the back. That's that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> Just, like, take out his legs so he can't run anymore? Uh, the first one probably hits him in the leg. He stumbles, falls, and the second one catches him in the side of the shoulder. Uh, goes through his heart. So he is dead. Jovan uh, shakes out his arms and twirls a crossbow back in form. Uh, and then he's going to wander over to the door and quietly try to pull Faelith away from the opening where the people with the crossbows are uh, currently aiming. <laughs> where and that'll be where are turn. you moving me? Now we've got the one that is right in front of Melian that Melian was just tearing into. This one is going to make a dash. He's going to make a dash to run away. Melian, he is leaving your, your threat. Uh, would you like to make an attack of opportunity? No. So for color, I'm going to say that Melian is now locked on to the one that's trying to kill Faelith. So he lets this one go. I'm going to imagine it that's like you're like hulking over him, but you've just stopped and you're just staring at the one that hurt Faelith. And this guy's mm-hmm. like, just like pulls himself from under you. <laughs> he's worried that he's going to get mauled and then he books it. <laughs> Seems like a reasonable reaction. That's all I'm saying. As he dashes away, trips, and he does stumble a bit, but he makes it uh, through a door into another room, and there's the sound of what may or may not be pots or pans being knocked down. There are now... There is suddenly a very angry-looking cat man monster in the midst of them. Uh, These guys are going to drop their crossbows, and how are they going to do for morale... They will hold their morale in spite of this, and they will drop their crossbows, and they will draw their swords to strike you. Okay, so did you recklessly attack this last time? Did not, actually. Okay. Uh, I don't don't even need to roll the fact for Bane. This guy is not going to hit you. I also don't even need to roll for Bane, because that guy's not going to hit you. Uh, (laughs) How about this one? That one actually will hit you. Uh, That is a a 22. Yep, that'll do it. That is a 5 piercing damage. 
Awesome. As... I'm resistant, so I take two damage. <laughs> nice. <laughs> His blade does not cut into your hide as much as he expected, and uh, he looks a bit more concerned. And with that, Quarry, it is your turn. Excellent. There is nobody left alive outside? There is. Wait, I mean, any non-allies alive outside? Yeah, there's the guy that you didn't kill. Yeah. Okay, I, you know what I mean. <laughs> Are there any conscious, alive, ally, or non-allies out of doors, or shall I proceed inside? You do not see any enemies outside. Of course, you haven't looked to see if there's anyone sneaking around the sides. Okay, I'm going to go in through the door. And I will attack the one closest... First one I encounter. Okay. You're going to head in. You're going to attack one of them over the half sort of barricade they've built. Yes. Okay. Would you like to cross the barricades so that you're on the same side as them? Uh, sh- sure. Yes, I will. Can you give me an acrobatics or athletics check? Your choice. Mm, I'm definitely going to do athletics. And that is an 11. Okay. Uh, you don't make it over very... You do make it over, but not very gracefully. Um, since no one is actually manning the barricade because there is an enemy in their midst. And you are now I imagine barreling that I, down like, on one of them. I think I'm tall enough to just step over it, so I try that. And then I do that thing where like you catch the toe of your shoe on the edge. Yes. So I will switch my hunter's mark to this one. Okay. And I... What do you say as you switch your hunter's mark? Oh, good question. I think I probably shout the same thing that I did at the other one that then fell unconscious so inconveniently, and I say, What have you done with Marsh? That is a 22. Oh, that hits. Excellent. Um, uh... Just because I think it's funny, that's also what Melian is trying to yell about. that is 10 damage this guy looks seriously hurt does he look interested in answering my question Mm, not necessarily (sighs) you're you you can't be sure okay can i hear quarry yell what have you done with march yes um i yell back the dead lady says that he's not here, that they took him somewhere, but there's a dying kid somewhere inside. Oh, no. With that, Faileth, mm-hmm. up above, on, like, the second story, you see a window fly open, and someone sticks their head out, and is like, Please help us! We're trying! These guys are trying to kill us! Look, I got two crossbows in me! Mm-hmm. <laughs> His eyes sort of go wider. And with that, Melian, it is your turn. Okay, so the one who attacks Faleth, I can I, I move to them. Again, ignoring anybody. Uh, so anybody who need, wants to can take an attack of opportunity. One of them will hit you with another 19. Uh, Jovan peeking in the door uh, when uh, Melian is rumping over. It's a watch out! He's going for your legs! Uh, give it a plus three to AC. Will that be... Will the 19 still beat it? Or has the oh, 19 no. been oh, deflected? No. Uh, my AC is 19, so with plus 3, it's a 23. Or 22. And with that, how I'm imagining it is that, like, the blade comes down and the angle it's going to cut actually just gets stopped by your hair. 
Amazing. Excellent. And you have closed with the brother of the man that you... Okay, now I am absolutely going to attack recklessly. A 17 to hit. That hits. For 7 points of damage. You bring your blade down across him, and there's a spurt of blood, and if only he had his sword out. This might go differently. Faileth, it is your turn. There's a man with with longer hair on the second story that is leaning out the window, trying to see what's going on, and has yelled that you need to help him, and there is combat going on inside the building. Uh, I'm going to look up at the guy who yelled for help and say... What kind of help do you need? My husband and I are trapped in here. By bandits. Yeah, got that. <laughs> They're trying to break... Is that... One of them's trying to break down the door. Yep, key. Not... Yep, mm-hmm. Is he... Is your husband the one who's dying? Yes! Okey-doke. Um, I'm gonna run for the stairs. Um, if you want to delay your action, I'm going to pop a rope up there that we can climb up. Okay. Or that they can climb down. Either or. I hope the dying guy is up to climbing down. Um, if you if you're gonna get them, if you're gonna get if you're gonna get them out of there, one is fighting with Melian, and there's one guy who's trying to get up the stairs, right? You can't see the one that apparently is trying to go up the stairs, or is trying to get into that room up there. Do I think I can get there in this round? The stairs are not within your uh, line of sight, so. Okay, so the only guy is the one million's fighting right now, right? No, uh, there are quite a few inside. There are one, two, three, four, five, six. There are five that you can still see. Oh, that's way more than I thought. I don't want to dictate your turn, but both you and Corey are both pretty messed up. You do have the healing thing. That's true. Oh, I'm going to use that, yes. But I don't have to use that as my action. Oh, neat. That's my bonus action. Okay, if, uh, how many are between me and the stairs? Uh, so you can't see where the stairs are. That's the problem. They're like okay. probably inside and maybe to the right or to the left. Maybe in through the door that the guy ran through? That's what I'm thinking. I'm going to head towards that door. Do, are there any in my way to get towards the door where the guy went through? No, because of the way that Kawari and Melian engaged them. So I'm going to run uh, and go through that door. Uh, Melian will roar after you. The room that you run through, it may have been utilized for banquets, possibly, or just really large dinners with all the farmhands and the helpers of the orchards, or group meals. And you go off to the left, and there's two ways once you go through this door. There is a set of stairs that goes up, but then there's another door that's hanging open that looks like it goes into a kitchen. Okay, and I don't see the guy? You don't see the guy. Okay, before... I I think I'll take a dash then on my turn, but before I do that, uh, I'm going to turn so I can see Quarry, and I'm going to shout, Once upon a time! A sweet little boy and his little sister used to climb in these trees and pick apples. And one time she fell and skinned her knee and he put a little plaster on it and gave it a cast and it felt way better. And then they burned to death. Um, <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. I'm going to give you... A uh, roll for psychic damage? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm... You get 10 hit points back. 
Thank you. And if you would be so kind as to pass those back on to me, I would love that. Yes. So it's a creature of your choice uh, can get those hit points as well. So I would love them. That's cool. I would love to give them to you. Okay. So I assume that you're saying this just as you're passing Kawari so that you're within five yes. feet of each other. Yes. As I'm running past Kawari, I shout that to her. To anyone that was looking, so I think Yovan might see this looking in from outside. You see briefly a, a little boy and a little girl holding hands uh, that just like both one of them reaches out and touches Quarry, and the other reaches out and touches Faelith, and then they vanish. Huh. Sufficiently spooky. And Faelith, you are going to dash most of the way up the stairs, and yes. you can now see like a hallway, and along the hallway there's a bandit that looks like he's been hurt a bit, that is like hitting against the door. Maybe he's trying to get in there to use them as leverage. No, well, I can't attack him this round, but I am here now, and I'm going to shout at him, He! You bucket thumper! Knock it off! He's going to look at you with utter fear in his eyes. You're the witch. That's right! I'll make your mom guilt you to death, I will! It is the one that Melian is fighting, and he's going to take the dodge action, and then he's going to actually try and step back to reposition himself. There's a reason that he does it this way. So you still get a attack of opportunity against him, Melian, if you'd like. But it All is right. at, awesome. it, but it is with disadvantage, which will then cancel out. Oh yeah. So during this turn, I get advantage on melee attack rolls using strength. So actually, it'll cancel out. So I just don't get advantage against him. Twenty-two to hit him. That hits. In which case, he will take nine points of damage. He should have disengaged. Sorry, it was the nine points of damage because I forgot. I almost forgot to add my two for, for being enraged. Please describe the grisly end of this uh, well, poor fellow. So he uh, steps back, doing his like his like uh, bounce as if he's going to escape, and uh, because I locked laser tight on him, uh, my head darts out and I grab him by the neck and just shake him real quick uh, with my jaws, and then. Um, Actually, just and then while he sort of goes limp, I then run my sword through, and then roar angrily at the rest of the group. Can I make another intimidate check? (laughs) I'll see how the other guys go. I think they're getting close to breaking. Yovan, it is your turn. So the second half of one of my features, swiftness, allows me to use a help action from thirty feet away by spending a trick point. So. Uh, as a bonus action, I'm going to have my hands bring a rope up to the window and just tie it off on the frame. And then I'm going to spend a trick point to use a help action on whichever one of them I can see in the window that's calling for help to aid them in getting down. I'm probably going to flavor it as as the rope is going up. He's just going to be quickly hitching knots in it. Once you get the rope up there, he's like, Quickly, come up! Come up! They're trying to break through! I can't move Ben! <laughs> uh, in that case, I'm going to scramble up, I guess, and... And my... Is it just an action to... Yeah, okay. An action to... Uh, ready an action, I guess. When I get up there. If a bandit comes through the door, I'm going to shoot him. Okay, there is banging against the door going on. And yeah. you see that the man that you've come... That, that was leaning out the window... Looks like he's a uh, half-elf. 
and there is a early 30s, late 20s human that is lying on a cot nearby. You can smell medicinal herbs, and it looks like this man has been taken care of. Jovin's going to reassure the gentleman. That's like, I got friends downstairs, they're taking care of it. The bandits are already taken to the hills. You just need to hold out for a little bit longer. Thank you, thank you. Uh, and he, he's going to go back over to his husband, and he, he has a bowl that has some water in it, and uh, he wrings a cloth and lays it across his husband's head, and you can hear, presumably, Ben uh, sort of moans a bit. And then there's a thump against the door, and... That's me. We are going to see what this bandit that is smashing against the door, if he breaks it down or not. Oh, shit. <laughs> that sounds like a, he breaks it down. Or yes. he, he crit failed, and now he broke his own head against the door. The door bursts open. I spend my reaction to take my ready action and um, pop him in the nose. Please. Uh, so that's a 16. Does that hit? Yes, that hits. All right. Uh, and that's going to be uh, six damage. Please describe uh, how this individual meets his demise. As he smashes in the door, he manages to just take a chunk out of it. And the minute that the, the hole opens up, a bolt just sails through. There's just a moment of quiet, then a thud as he drops. Faileth, from your perspective, you see the guy, like, brings back his sword and smashes it down, and the door starts to swing open, and then just a crossbow bolt zings him straight in the jugular. Hey, good one, Joven! Do it again! Oi, wait, what are you doing back there? Faileth! <laughs> I was coming to kill this guy! So that he didn't get the people in here! Plus I told the ghost mom that I'd help the boy! Uh... <laughs> Now do you see? Downstairs, the one that is engaged with Quarry is going to dash to flee, so will you please, uh, you have a chance to make an attack of opportunity. I would love to. Uh, that is a 14. That will hit. Oh. This is the one that I was engaged with? Yeah, he's probably actually started to be like, please don't kill me, please! Uh, I just, No! Uh, that's 11 damage. Please describe how you kill this individual. No, I will just describe how I knock them unconscious. <laughs> have we missed any attacks this combat? Oh, no. I don't <laughs> think we so. have. We've been extremely fortunate. Uh, anyway, yeah, same thing as the guy before. Instead of bringing the halberd down blade first, it'll just be the, like, the flat of it on the top of his head. And with that, uh, Two of the bandits in this room are going to break and attempt to run. Since neither of you have attacks of opportunity left, they are going to dash dash away. Basically, like, one of them screaming in terror, and the other is just like, I'm out. And that brings us to Kawari's turn. There are two bandits left in this room, and there are two that are have dashed out of sight. I will turn to the one that is closest to me and say, I shall bring you to justice and switch my hunter's mark to them uh, and and attempt to attack them. It's an 11. You know when you guys were talking about 
hitting Somebody this combat. Somebody me. <laughs> Ugh. You actually miss. Yep. It's because I was my my thing was too bold. I should have just asked him where Marsh was. That would have been better. <laughs> I said I'd bring him to justice, and now he's gonna get away. Uh, and his response is gonna be, "No, you won't." Um, rude. And oh, that is a natural twenty. Oh. He is going to crit as he swings, slashes out with the, the blade that he drew to attack Million earlier. Mm-hmm. And you will take 11 slashing damage. Quarry's beefy. He's pretty much like, I got you now! I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh. glad these guys are so clever. <laughs> it's the enthusiasm, it's infectious. And then, as if in that moment, he looks around and realizes that his companions aren't there. There's this look of, oh shit, suddenly comes over his face. <laughs> the other one, on the other hand, uh, would have been going towards to attack Melian, is going to just flee. You guys have clearly superior forces, and you have overwhelmed them. So... Well, yeah, I don't, also don't think they outnumber us anymore. Quarry has her reaction as well, don't they? Quarry will now have their reaction. Mm-hmm. Quarry could attack this one as they flee. I would love to attempt to attack this one as they flee. Well, that's better. That's a 21. That hits. But I do not have Hunter's Mark on this one, correct? Mm-hmm. You do okay. not. Um, that is 8 damage. <sighs> um, you take a significant chunk out of this one as he flees, and he's now cradling an arm. Oh, and he... No, he has not dropped his sword, but he does flee, and he dashes out of the room. Good, good. We can follow the blood trail. And with that, we are back to the top of the round. Melian. Uh, there's only one left, right? It's fighting Quarry. Uh, yes, there's only one left fighting Quarry, or there is the one that was just fleeing that you could run at, that you could run after. I don't think enraged Melian gives that much thought to it. Uh, it's just there's another guy. It's attacking one of my friends. Um... I, I kill it. Uh, so yeah, I just move on the one that's already engaged and try to attempt to murder it. More or him, I guess, in this instance. Uh, with a 19 attacking recklessly. Yes, that hits. Well then, he will take... Oh, oops, I accidentally rolled uh, crit damage. He will take uh, 8 points of slashing damage from my longsword. You've nicked him along the shoulder with a pretty serious cut there's now like there's blood running down his shoulder and like he knows he's gonna die and he's he's starting to plead with you guys please please don't we 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 were just here we were and faileth it is your turn upstairs Uh, okay i'm going to run into the room and look around for the child that i'm expecting despite the fact that it's clearly a grown man yeah, there, there are no children in this room. There's a half-elf, you think? And two humans, one of them Yovin, the other laying on the bed. Then they look really, they look sick. Um, I'm going to walk over to the man in the bed and say, Hello, what's the matter with you? Your mum's really worried about you. He just moans and sort of turns a bit, but then the half-elf puts a gentle hand on his forehead and is like, 
Calm, calm, Ben. It's okay. It's okay. Help is here. Just hold on a little longer. What's the matter with him? He got hurt. And then an infection set in. And under normal circumstances, I'd have been able to just go out and get herbs and brew a poultice and do more to help him. But one of the herbs that I need for my poultice, it's it's out of season. And I don't have any more. And the stock that I did have, the bandits smoked it. That wasn't nice of them. Right. Your mum's worried about you, so I guess I better get to healing you then, haven't I? And I'm going to put my hands on him and cure, use cure wounds at a second level. Before you do that, you could probably heal the original wound, but based off your... The guy's insinuated that he's sick now from it. So your cure wounds won't heal everything, but probably will at least get him out of being near immediate death. Alrighty. Then I'll clear wounds at a first level. Give me a cure wounds. He gets 14 points back. Is that possible? For a first yeah. level? It's a d8. Plus my spellcasting ability modifier. I rolled a 7 plus 7. Well, your spellcasting ability modifier can't be 7. Isn't your spellcasting ability modifier your charisma modifier? Oh, I'm looking at my attack roll. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, 12. He looks I like was, he has a I whole added, bunch of... added my proficiency by accident there. That's entirely okay. There looks like there's a lot of, like, bruises and small cuts a- across him. Uh, and there's a larger gash that goes along his chest. And they all heal and seamlessly fit together. I mean, he starts to breathe easier, but he's still shaking and looks like he's not the best. But you've What's got him out of immediate danger. Was it the monster who bit your sign? Uh, a, a monster that bit our sign? It tasted and... terrible. <laughs> and with that, we'll cut down to <laughs> the entry hall with... Actually, no. I think we now go to Jovan? Jovan's going to note that the other one seems like in good hands. Uh, though he, he will mention, uh, we have a pair of horses. Um, if you can ride, you'll be welcome to head to town and get what you need. If you don't mind me, though, I'm going to make sure that we are done here. Uh, and he's going to just hop out the window and um, <laughs> run along the roof and see if he can see any other bandits doing anything nefarious. As you're sitting up there, you, over the next turn, like couple turns, you'll see bandits, three bandits, escape out of different doors at the edges of the, at the edge of the edges of the house or windows even, uh, and they're just like running out into the fields, running off. Are they going in the same direction, or are they scattering? They're scattering, but they do seem to be scattering in a particular direction. Is it something I can uh, determine, or, or figure out perhaps where they'll be going from here? I have no idea what kind of not, be. Not really. Okay. Uh, can well, you give me actually a perception check, though? Okay. Um, oh, that's actually not too bad. Uh, so 16, so 15. In the distance, maybe like 500 yards from the house you do see a stretch of orchards that are, looks like it's around three different orchards where the where the ground and trees have been burnt. Well, that'll be an excellent question for the folks we have down below. Uh, on that note, the one that was knocked unconscious, he's still there. His friends haven't tried to rescue him, have they? 
Uh, no one came out the front door. No one knows he's unconscious. Everyone thinks he's dead. No, oh, okay. And with that high perception, uh, one of the bandits, the reason that you noticed this is you actually saw one of the bandits briefly in that interim space, like running across it. And probably maybe about 30 seconds later, you heard a scream. He's going to duck. Uh, well, I suppose it's been over the course of the next couple turns. So yeah, this will be over he's... the next couple turns. So down to Kawari. Excellent. And there's one guy left in this room with us? Yeah, there's one guy that's being mauled by... Melian? Melian. Melian that had just put a nick into you. Right, and he's pleading for his life. Um, yeah, he does not look sincere. He looks like a rapscallion that will probably try and drive a dagger through your heart. Ah, uh, okay. Well, Quarry is going to attempt to hit them, <laughs> but rolled in that one. So no, 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 no. What horrible thing happens to me? You bring your halberd down and it just, it misses him and lodges a bit in the, in like the barricade behind him. Ah, oh, how inconvenient. So you're going to have to heft it out of there next turn. Mm-hmm. And with that, it is Melian's turn. Actually, no, it's, it's this guy's turn and he's going to try, uh, no, he's just going to run. So if anyone would like to take attacks of opportunity, please do. My halberd is stuck, so I don't know that I can. I'm going to say you can't. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, would Melian like to make an attack of opportunity on him? Yeah, Melian's still enraged, so for sure. Still get to attack with advantage. Uh, that's a dirty 20. That hits. For seven more points of damage. Please describe how you end the life of this bandit who briefly saw the error of his ways. Oh, uh, I mean, he didn't really. Melian's shield arm reaches out and grabs the hand he's got a weapon in and then lifts him up off the ground and again just right through the chest where his heart would be. And then roars in his face as he dies. Fantastic. And you guys are out of initiative. <sighs> so, Jovan, you hear that roar. You brief. You see the bandits that are running and they're fleeing. You see two that are pretty decently going in one direction and one that's taking that seems to be going a bit farther afield, but then starts to bend in that direction, crosses over a section that looks like it might have been burnt for some reason, and then later you hear a gut wrenching like scream that is suddenly cut short. Uh, he's going to um, duck down and slide down the rope again and reconvene with Cory uh, and Melian. There's a... We're not quite done yet. There's something out in those fields. I took out one of the fleeing bandits. The sign-munching monster, perhaps. Fields were burned. Bandit ran in. You heard the scream, didn't we? Hmm. How's Faileth? Uh, She's upstairs. There's a a pair of gentlemen. Uh, One of them's fairly deeply wounded. Uh, It looks like an infection set in, but they don't have the herbs they need. Hmm. Perhaps I should take a look. If he was so kind. Uh, it's up there, the door with room with the broken door. Will someone see to tying up our unconscious guests? Uh, well, there'll be a couple minutes where I can mean that be a couple minutes. Maybe at least, uh, I guess it's six seconds where Melian just like looks around for more and then reverts to. Melian, Even... are you gonna go and is your priority to go check on Faileth? It is. Yeah, thought so. Even as the the paladin's asking for one of us to tie him up, uh, there's already a rope already just on its own, coiling itself around their arms and legs. Oh, excellent. Um, You're just going to tie them up and maybe, like, tie the rope up to the rafters? So that they're 
gonna drag them inside, and then I'm going to just go make sure all the doors are closed and just do a sweep around. Make sure there's no one hiding, and make sure that there's no way for if there's something out there that it can't easily break in. And Quarry will head upstairs. Okay, so Quarry, Melian, you're upstairs. Uh, Melian, you can see that Faileth is good. It's at this about this point that the half-elf is talking to Faileth, saying that there's... that he's missing some herbs, or that some herbs that got smoked by the bandits, that he really needed to make the poultice, and he says that he's missing Lucnafala. And mm-hmm. Melian... After you've taken stock of Faileth, you sort of, like, you walk over to the window as he's saying this, and somewhere nagging in the back of your mind, the reference that this half-elf said to Lucnafala, or Gordaldo, snags your attention. Wait, you, you suddenly ask yourself how you know that Lucnafala is the same as Gordaldo. And you're disoriented for a moment as you feel a memory welling up to the surface, as if unbidden. A memory that's foreign to you, yet your own at the same time. You sit in a small hut, dried herbs hanging from the ceiling, your chin upon your knees as you hold your legs against your chest. You rock slowly as you stare into the hearth, the pot slowly coming to a bubble before your eyes. An old voice rasps out behind you. Patience. You must have patience, boy. The seasons turn amidst the cycle of the Green King, he who rises with spring anew, who stands tall beneath the baking sun, who falls to the poison of time amidst the chilled winds of autumn, and howls with the sky in the embrace of winter, only to begin again, to be born anew. Show patience as he does, and you will know my teachings in full. What do you remember, boy, of yesterday's teachings? You raise your eyes to meet your master's gaze. He looks at you with his golden eyes, eyes that you sometimes think see past you and into your very being, the gaze that you associate with an unceasing force of nature, and you begin to recite the teachings that you learned yesterday, and some from days previous, herbs and their uses specific parts to heal and parts to harm, when to harvest and where, things that have been driven into you through these short months that you've spent in his tutelage, ever since the event. Your mind strays from the task at hand as you recall the event with clarity, before a swift strike to the back of your head returns you to your master and your failed recounting. No, boy! Do not let your thoughts stray. A look of anger seethes in your master's eyes before he calms himself, the lines of his face taking on a softer bent as he speaks in a quieter tone to you. These lessons are important, boy. They will serve you well. Each plant, mushroom, and even many creatures have use. Take the dragon spore, for example. It is a weed in some cases, an exceptionally dangerous one, though, to those unaware of its dangers if left to grow. But even such a plant has its uses. 
the stamen of the flower, for example, can be used as a substitute for loose nafala, which others call gordaldo. While the petals can be used to treat aches of the head even better than fever few, and the roots can bring sweet, dreamless sleep. Your memory becomes muddled, bleeding away into darkness before you hear the sound of a fire raging and a woman's scream. Melian, you slam back into the present, but at the same time you feel the telltale prickling of your body as if you are about to shift forms. No. Please make a constitution saving throw to maintain your current half-elven form. Uh, 21. You are successful in maintaining your form. You get a hold of yourself at the last moment and sort of lock yourself. And then as you relax, everything's back to normal. Uh, so physically, what happened to me while that, like, in the real space? In the real space, you heard him talking about a lack of loose nafala as you were sort of just staring out the window, and then you just sort mm. of froze as the conversation continued, and I don't know if anyone even noticed. I was going to have them make perception checks if you failed the constitution saving throw. Right. Kawari would be very would intent be on looking at the person in the bed doing their field medic thing, so I don't think they would have noticed Melian's uh, freezing in the window at all. I, in which case, uh, Melian will say, I, did you say loose in the fall? Uh, yes. I, I may know a substitute, and then I describe to him what I remember from my master's teachings and how the stamen can be used as a replacement. I've never heard of that. I've, I've never heard of it being used that way. But as luck would have it, it may be connected to the bandits, but there actually have been some dragon spores that have gone to root not far from here in two of the orchards. Uh, the ones that were not harvested? No. We haven't been or able... the ones that burned up. He looks, uh, he looks at Jovan and nods. To keep the spore from spreading, we burnt the ground. We, we burnt a perimeter and salted it. If it truly can be used as a substitute for Lucinafala, then, then perhaps Benjamin, perhaps he'll be okay. I can't leave his side. Faileth, you will accompany me while we go and fetch some. Okay. And she reaches up and yanks two crossbow bolts out of her body. Ow. Jovan told us about the scream from the burned orchard, right? Yeah, yeah, I brought that up. Uh, then Quarry would probably say to Melian, If you don't mind, I would like to accompany you. As you will, Paladin. The infestation got quite out of control. We, we lost a farmhand or two. Allie doesn't let Quarry say anything about Faileth being right about people missing their hands. <laughs> And with you guys talking about heading off to possibly go find out what this dragon spore is, I think that's where we'll end tonight's session. Excellent. Benjamin has been stabilized. His husband has told you what he needs. Melian has had a strange memory. One that 
doesn't actually fit in with the timeline of his life. And now you know that there is a dragon spore, or what they call an infestation of them nearby. Mm. Let's see how this goes next weekend. <laughs> and we have some bandits to question. Oh, yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> important. Everything has its appointed time. The time of birth. The appointed time of death, as written in her book. It may take years of study, but these details and the threads of fate can be discovered by the most astute arcanists and seers, those truly worthy of the title Diviner. But, Determining the exact time that a soul-sucking monster will come to visit you rather often and drink up a portion of your magic, that can actually be rather hard to determine. That is, unless you have been visited by this monstrosity almost every day for the last few hundred years. Then, then it just becomes about being able to determine patterns. A few more moments. Yes. I can feel the spark of magic fan itself as it recovers from being drained. Now, now I'm getting away from myself. <laughs> I mean it. I really am getting away from myself, waiting exactly for enough power to come back just to be able to project my consciousness out of my body and enjoy a few minutes of freedom. I project myself into my home. I haven't had a chance to do this for a while, and I'm pleased. I'm surprised. To see that while there had been previously only one consistent life thread in the house, now there have been a total of four. Right on schedule, I think. It has been rather hard to tell time in that flawed form of stasis I'm trapped in. Vesiana? Where are you, Vesiana? I call into the house before the soul of my home comes to greet me. Did you miss me? I ask her as I run my hand over her body. It appears that she's taken the form of a spider with many legs. Probably good for climbing. Have you been well? Are they treating you well? What have they been up to? Has Methuselah come home yet? <laughs> that no good cat! I want to bombard Vesiana with questions, but I know she won't be able to answer them quickly enough. Time is precious in these few moments. Before I can ask, she asks me about Bertram, and a pang of sadness fills my heart. He's still alive, somewhere, in the dark, alone. If only I could snap my fingers, dismiss him, and call him back to me. She is sad that I cannot reach him, not in this state, and in her sadness the house weeps drips running from each tap, and the very paint running from the walls. She'll fix it when I'm gone, I'm sure. I ask her if there's anything we didn't plan for, 
if there is anything my sight did not pierce when those letters were written so long ago. And there was something I most certainly had not accounted for. I thought it really was what it appeared. But it isn't. As I reach to ask another question, a sensation drives my psyche from my home, Dwemer Hollow flashing before my eyes as I am drawn back to my jailer's domain, a feeling like a knife slicing between my ribs, leaving my soul in twitching agony. And where did you think you could get off to, Alistair? I will never let you go. His voice, no, its voice, smoothly speaking as it sinks its magic into my very soul to siphon my power once more. Don't struggle. After 300 years, the time is nigh. The lay trip is almost complete, and I will not return to Nazimus. He reached out, stroking my crystal prison with white gold hands. I will just create my own hell here. And my captor smiled, his hair the color of snow, framing his beautiful face with eyes shining blue. Thank you for listening to Roll With Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please rate us on Apple Podcast and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com, Arcane Anthems, and Purple Planet Music. Full credits are in the episode description. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Bye! Does anybody else feel sad that Cass doesn't contribute some fantastically or horribly not dexterous moment? No I one needs like, to know. I feel like he organized it that way, so no? Okay. I, I feel like we could use like a character tip or a random NPC every time we go through these. Cass could absolutely jump in with uh, character initiative. <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, I mean, I did not... just get told that there are bandits out here, so probably. But we're, uh, we're not traveling that far, though. Close enough to the city that they think the city council would do something about it. Oh, hey, maybe we will get attacked by bandits. That'd be nice. Yeah. You get to kill something, Melian. I love killing stuff. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> what happens as we step outside the city gates, Cass? Bandits! Immediately. Yep. Bandits! <laughs> no. Uh... <laughs> Roll initiative. Yeah. He's not even going to tell us what we're fighting. We're fighting. That uh, uprising we were talking about, that happens right now. You can see the area on the horizon. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, just like, just roll initiative, we're gonna move you guys along <laughs> at the horse's r- speed for the through initiative for the entire way there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, oh god, I would die. <laughs> I think we all would. Faileth would fall off so many times. <laughs> yes, I need an animal handling check every time, every round. <laughs> oh, god. oh gosh. No. <laughs> That would be well. That's oh. the rest of that's the next three sessions. It's just yeah. getting on and off this horse, <laughs> attempting to get on it, and then panicking and running away from it before trying again. I mean, listen, away. you fall off once, and Melian's just gonna make you ride in front of him. She would love that. That would be much better. She is so scared to get on this horse, but she doesn't want to admit that she's scared of anything because that's weakness. Well, you're getting on the same horse as Melian anyway. Yeah, how many horses did we get? I thought we only got You only two got you got two riding horses and a draft horse for Quark. Yeah. Oh, but oh a, good. So a draft horse that um, has some spirit. A sturdy looking said. draft horse. Yeah. The sturdiest one that they had. <laughs> good. I think I'm picking up what you're laying down. Um Man, that was not fantasy appropriate lingo at all. <laughs> I was <laughs> <gonna say. laughs> what? 